Hello. Good evening. It's evening for me. It's morning for some people out there. It's afternoon for some people out there. And some people might even be sleeping through this. I'm Florence Ion, one of your hosts for the Material Podcast. And I'm joined by the wonderful Andy Anako. Hello, Hello Andy. Flo. Hello, listeners. I'm it's also today. evening here. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a week. <laughs> even I though mean, it has not been a full week. Yeah, I don't, I feel like today is, I felt like today was Thursday all day and it's actually hump day, which is Wednesday when we're recording this. Mm. Well, Definitely to- having problems getting over the hump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck at the top. Well, uh, yeah, you're, you live in the Bay Area, which is a very humpy sort of terrain. Very true. So, very true. Both, um, both, both, geogra- both geographically and psychically and you know, psychologically at some point. Yes. Yes, uh, and it's it's so bumpy that sometimes it produces cracks in our buildings. But I'm jump. <laughs> All right. So one of the really big <laughs> things that was spreading across the internet this weekend, which I contributed to with a really self serving tweet thread, was uh, ten years, ten years of since the T Mobile G One, the first Android phone made by HTC, debuted. Uh, went on sale, I guess. Or oh, excuse me, it was, it was a, yeah, it was announced. Yep. It was announced, debuted ten years ago this week. It's been a, a walk down memory lane for a lot of people in social media land, myself included. Yep. I was still in college when this phone came out, so I was still living a life of of adolescent unsuredness. La as, Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this announcement event. It's so funny because I didn't even like know it happened. Like I was totally living my own world. But there was an event where Android head Andy Rubin at the time had stressed that Android was different because it had openness built in. And this message definitely stayed strong because by the time Android got to me about two day, two years later in 2010, I was attracted to it because of that openness that I felt from the platform because I had been rolling in with the PC building crowd. And they had, you know, taught me this was the open way. Yeah. Uh, it was so open that the initial release accidentally came with universal root access. You could reboot the phone by simply typing reboot. And and yet the earth did not crash into the sun, nor did, did the not. moon crash into the earth. We, we They shipped a fully rootable device, which could be customizable all the way to the point of turning it into uh, in, into a into a, a Game Boy if you wanted to without having to. People it was still fine. do that. Ten years later, it was fine. People still do that. Yeah, it, it was, was great. It was yeah. It, I I remember when it, when it came out. Um, it was I I actually liked it a whole lot. Even though like the review had to be that I wrote had to be of the form of, okay, clearly this is a work in progress. But I like so it's it's oh, it, it's stake <laughs> it's it's staked out its own turf its own identity unlike some companies that rhyme with Samsung <laughs> I could see one year in the future this was the first Android phone but but you, we 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 could look forward to the first absolute shameless clone of the iPhone that, that Samsung's going to come out with and yet this was as as much not a clone of the iPhone as could be considered it, to to its 
detriment to the public, I think, because this is this is like when uh, uh, the international auto sh- like an international auto show in the 1960s, where oh, what what does what does Ford have? Oh, well, Ford has this brand new car. It's a convertible. They call it the Mustang. It's uh, designed by a guy named Carroll Shelby. I mean, you haven't heard of him, but oh my God, it looks like it looks like a Mustang, and you feel like you're riding a Mustang, and the lines of the oh and uh, oh the the Soviet Union. Do you have a car too? Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, called the Trabant. Uh, it's made out of uh, recycled cotton. <laughs> it's, I mean, it looks, it, you get this super sleek, like this thing that the, the iPhone, which looked like as beautiful and as felt as a, as a fish. And then you have the G1, which had a, a slide out drawer for a keyboard and a trackball. Hey now, which, that which, were, which were both which were both good things, but exactly doesn't... that that helped carry it. I think there in the beginning because that was we were still transitioning to that touchscreen future. And these smartphones, by the way, were capacitive touchscreens, which I was reminded this week. Back then, resistive touchscreens yeah. had become like a thing, and they were awful. They're so awful. You had to like press into it as opposed yeah. to just simply make contact. And they could get the punctured by your keys in your purse yep. as I learned. Yep, as 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 was as one of the famous uh, scenes Those from the development glass. of the iPhone of the <laughs> of, of of Steve Jobs to, to, in a meeting with the with the engineers pulling out the a sample iPhone from his pocket showing how absolutely horrible the 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 non-toughened screen looked and basically saying gentlemen I'm going to assume gentlemen and not ladies <laughs> we're going to do better than this aren't we but yeah I mean there, there's so many people who rejected the i like the who thought the iPhone was cool but they couldn't deal with the complete virtual keyboard uh, and they were expecting with something. no copy and paste, by the way. Exactly, no, <laughs> and that that was one of the things that made the trackball so good. You could actually you could actually select text, but not only that, but the operating system will let you do something with that text once you had selected it. Uh, I still I still remember with the iPhone one. Uh, if there's something that I really want, like something that was important enough that I wanted to take a note of it or keep it, the only solution was to take a screenshot of the entire screen so that I would be able to see whatever whatever screen that paragraph was on. I can go into my pictures roll and get that information back. Uh, and even even back then, it uh, I did not remember this until I took a look at the specs uh, online. Uh, it's even the first version had an S, uh, a micro SD slot, so you could still just put your own. Uh, that was a big selling point gigabytes for me. Of, of data on it. Yep. Yeah, I only had eight gigs. That's all I could afford. <laughs> by the way, well, it was, it was better than the two hundred fifty six <laughs> megabytes of storage. Yeah. That yeah. I was, uh, granted, this was before we were recording four K video and like downloading. Like 4K HDR movies this from the podcast Play will be more than 246 yeah. Yeah, exactly. megabytes after we send it over. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been quite a walk down memory lane. Uh, just quickly to list off some specs from back then that that people were uttering around. Uh, 320 by 480 pixels. Remember mm-hmm. that was great. Uh, and more than uh, that on your watch, there are there I there are there are desktop icons for applications that are bigger that would not fit on that screen without scrolling. Yes, uh, and it still had a headphone jack. Yep. <laughs> 
still had a headphone jack, so just just a reminder of oh, it, days it, gone by. Let's 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 also rem- let's also remember uh, another advantage that uh, the first Android phone had over the first iPhone. Uh, thanks for reminding me of this. The you could actually take your headphones and plug them into the T-Mobile HTC G1, whereas the iPhone they had this brilliant idea that let's just make the the hole in the bezel like of, of the case uh too narrow to make a, a standard headphone plug fit so it is it is a standard eighth inch stereo headphone jack but you needed a dongle just to like get this just to <laughs> because you're you're, you're the, the whatever housing the plastic hub around your headphone plug was probably going to be too wide to make it fit so they gave you a special super super narrow plug to that was three inches three inches a piece of wire to, connected to a piece of wire three inches long that connected to a another eighth inch stair i i have never in the in 10 11 whatever however many years i have not found out why that decision had to be made and i want a why canonical do you think handy <laughs> I to know, sell. Be, because of looks. to sell things. Yeah, this should have been should have been a thirty dollar attachment. That's that's where they, they screw themselves up. They actually gave away that dongle for free. They didn't make that mistake again, did they? No, and now everyone has to deal with it. Thanks a lot for nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but, so it's it's it, but but it's good stuff. I I do remember having I do remember testing pretty much getting every every new Android phone for the next two or three years in, and I do remember seeing it just come uh come up better and better and better, which with each new phase. Oh, it also it also beat the iPhone to three uh, G network speeds. I think the G one oh, had three yeah, G right. speeds. The iPhone was stuck at two uh, G until the iPhone three G. So even then, there was a even though there wasn't a lot to really crow about in terms of how uh, <laughs> in terms of how Android one point one actually worked. It was still a nifty piece of hardware, and again, just the ability to have some control over your hardware had a certain amount of appeal, did it not? It did. Uh, not to mention, I mean, I guess I did mention it already, so never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if you want to get the T-Mobile G1, you can actually still find one on eBay. I mean, you could find a lot of things on eBay. I yeah. definitely have been replenishing all of like the old little uh, electronic diaries I used to have. As a kid, oh, uh, like the sharp, like those, those little sharp billfold things. Well, now you remember that they had them specially made for us girls of the '90s in like pink and teal, and they had like little virtual pets on them, and you could like send phone numbers through infrared and messages. Um, and so, if you yes, showed I up did. on the first day of school with an NSYNC personal organizer, and you found out that all the cool kids had the Backstreet Boys personal organizer, I mean, eighth grade was just gonna suck. I'm, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Well, it unfortunately, like <laughs> it was seventh grade when I had this device and it was stolen from me. I remember <laughs> who did it. Well, I let her borrow it. I let mm. her borrow it and she kept it at home. You know, For I was a fool. I really wanted people to like me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the great thing about being an adult is what you didn't have as a child, you can buy on eBay. Uh, so if you didn't have a T-Mobile G1... <laughs> I'm pre- I'm I'm pretty sure I've got a T-Mobile G1 somewhere. Uh, you would you would not be surprised to find that I, in terms of the really really old phones, I literally have 
like a, a, a stout box the size of a boot box filled with nothing but like early generation multi-touch phones when everybody was trying to rush something out and they did it so fast they didn't they didn't care about getting like review units back they didn't even want to pay the thirty dollars to FedEx to have me ship it back. Has to anything them. really changed? Uh, I asked well, with a fifteen hundred dollar iPhone. I'm guessing I'm gonna I'm gonna try it, but I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, guess yeah. they're gonna want that one back. But yeah, true, I, was, true, I, was, true. I, I was looking on eBay earlier today because I couldn't I couldn't immediately find it. And it is an interesting enough thing that if I could find one super cheap, that they're uh, un- unfortunately we're getting into the zone where uh, people who uh, people are having fond recollections now of 2007 technology, and some of them now have been like in the workforce for like it was the thing that couldn't they couldn't afford in college, but now they're 31, 32, yeah, and so they maybe can afford. $200 to buy an example that's as that looks like it's new in box. It's talking about me. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I no, no, literally... no, 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 no. I'm just saying I try I try not to I try not to do that myself because all I have to do is go into my go into a storage locker <laughs> that's now 60 miles away and see like the Indianapolis Museum of Obsolete Technology. But yeah, there's still those and but I I also don't want to be one of those <laughs> one of those people who's like <laughs> You know, I'm 73 years old and I've spent the last 30 years of my life buying back everything that I gave up by age of 2021. It's like, well, I mean, it's it's nice to Google and see a picture of that like Swatch watch that you had that you never figured out like what happened to it because it was just a cheap plastic watch with a with a sandman hey i never got a swatch watch okay some of us didn't have that you you don't know what it's like to live i know and i still want a swatch watch by the way in my 30s so please anybody listening out there if you have a swatch watch (laughs) i mean honestly just since we're on this topic if we're talking we've been talking about okay i'm not gonna jump to android wear here but i'm gonna say (laughs) if they made an android wear device like a swatch watch boom perfect yeah size put a plastic band on there i don't care that's what no, I want. That's, see, that's I. We don't see enough of this sort of thing anymore. Where the the beauty of the Swatch Watch, because again, I I was I lived in a pre Swatch Watch era, so I know okay. like the the pre era and the post era. The idea that if you like if if a decent watch would cost you as it does now, like about a couple hundred bucks, to have the option of saying, well, what if instead of spending two hundred dollars on one watch made out of metal, you spent that same amount of money on six or five to seven watches so that if you're in sort of a funny mood you could you could have the one that's 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 shaped like a that has the the image of the floor of a florida orange on it or you could have the the quote-unquote classy one with the the white dial with black hands on it or again you could put on the one that has uh, the character death from sandman on it with the onk uh, secondhand sweep so that when you're going out for for the evening hopefully you will f- hopefully you will attract the attention of a, of a, of someone not only your age but she will say oh my god is that a death watch like oh you read sandman oh my god i've been reading it since oh my god and then then we got a topic of conversation thanks to my spending $33 on just one watch and having uh, having options See, and by the way, I do this with sunglasses. (laughs) I have like a vast collection of crazy sunglasses just in case I'm feeling crazy. And do you know how many conversations those have sparked? Sunglasses. (laughs) I've made so many friends around the world. Anyway, (laughs) Andy, you know, I often wonder as we talk about the, the past of Android, 
are you sure you don't want to just like completely join us over here? Just like completely let go of all your Apple devices. Uh, are you I, sure? I'm ecumenical. I embrace technology of all faiths. I understand. And backgrounds. I understand. But I'll, I, 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 I'm, I'm always tempted. There's always, if, if I had the means to, like, if I, you know, like Steve Wozniak sort of, uh, Steve Wozniak sort of funds, I would, I would walk the technology world like Steve Wozniak and say, this is this, this, this thousand dollar phone looks kind of interesting. I think I'll buy one. So yeah, there's, <laughs> uh, so. I'm I am I am kind of keen on the stuff that the new iPhones can do. Actually, even just last year's iPhone can do with a, a 3D a, a dual cameras front facing. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did I did have something. Uh, I I was able to scratch a small itch though. Uh, I was on the iPhone subreddit uh, over the weekend, and someone somehow brave. <laughs> being on Reddit is very brave in this day and age. <laughs> now I I will. Uh, I will speak with only the only the perspective of a white cisgendered yes. heterosexual male, which yes. I which I have to underscore is certainly not the world's perspective and experience on Reddit. Uh, I don't I don't go I don't go everywhere on Reddit. I do go to like yes. specific subreddits where people seem to be I like chill and or down. I try if I go to a subreddit where people are decidedly unchill and mm-hmm. the opposite of down, mm-hmm. then I way say, too up. Exactly, I, mm-hmm. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so someone on the iPhone subreddit somehow got their hands on the uh, the demo video or like the, the screensaver video that you can only see if you go into the Apple Store and see like one of the new iPhone XSs. Uh, they have this really cool like Apple logo animation, like while it's waiting for its emotional hooks to draw somebody in and tap the screen and start interacting with it uh and even if you buy a, a $1500 iPhone XS Max Max you don't get the screensaver someone someone somehow managed to get a hold of like the the file uh and posted it and so I I did download a copy because I thought this link was going to go away it's still there if you do if you go into the iPhone subreddit and do a search for uh iPhone S iPhone XS and any combination of the words iPhone XS Max demo screensaver, you will probably turn up. That's how I found it again uh, today when I needed to send the link to somebody. That's XS, not XS. Exactly. And don't and don't search all of Reddit. <laughs> Limit the search to iPhone. Again, yes. sand, sandboxing is is uh, I think Apple's uh, Apple's view towards sandboxing is extreme as it comes to uh, data and and applications. When it comes to places like Reddit, sandboxing is actually a key to being able to use this. Uh, this service without wanting to scream or run away and burn well, your the rest computer. of the playground can be very scary exactly so, uh. so 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 i will i will say that i feel a little bit naughty because i've got it installed on my google pixel android phone do you, but do and you know how many marvelous. ios how many ios icon and like layouts there are out there and people are always doing the whole like spoofing i think it's great I I actually think the iPhone uh, or iOS UI looks great on the Pixels. I think it matches them very nicely. Yeah, they they've definitely turned it around. Uh, they when they made their when Apple made their first really big change to the look and feel of iOS a few years ago, that was one of the factors that make that kind of encouraged me to switch to Android because I just hated it. It was just so understated that it's it's like a fire alarm that goes. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. 
Like, I just, I'll, I'll leave you a note. There's a note on your keyboard uh, that I want you to read, but not at your own time. And you, that note says, oh, by the way, there's carbon monoxide in the room. And if you don't leave within eight minutes of me writing this note, you're going to fall asleep and never wake up again. And that was written seven and a half minutes ago. That To me, that was the inter user interface as they did it, where it's like, I never, I, could, I couldn't tell what is the button that says, oh, you've just finished write, composing this email. Now press this to post it. And what is the a menu button? What is a? Uh, it was just so vague. It, it never said. Uh, I, one of the things I loved about material design was that okay, here is a big red button with a plus sign that actually hovers over the editable area of the text. It's called a floating action button. <laughs> exactly. It does an action every time you press it, except for some apps. Yes. But this is why Android is so great. We figured. <laughs> we kind of assumed that you open this. You you open this email app because one of the things you're going to want to do with it is create email. So why not just make that button big and red and float over stuff? Push me, push me, push me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they they but Apple's done some refinements over the years, and it's better. I still like material design, but yeah, I do get tempted uh, every year. But not, this year, I'm, oh, uh, yeah. material too, though. Come on, it's so. Beautiful. It's but it's, it's the Empire Strikes Back of materials. The one that it, it ends on a big downer, and you just have to maintain hope that when they Whoa, the, 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 third, dang, Andy. the third issue of the material trilogy will leave on an upbeat note that does not involve dancing teddy bears singing in English. Uh, okay. By the way, Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars of the original trilogy, and I realize it's not like a very popular thing nope, to nope. say. But I, you know, listen, I just love a Luke Skywalker in a black cat suit, like really angry <laughs> because the first two movies, he was extremely like he was just not emoting the yeah. way we wanted him to. And then, and, you know, and, you know, it goes dark. And I also like The Last Jedi. So, so I no, know the, that's also not a popular how, opinion. <laughs> how, how, and you've got me immediately thinking about when when the emperor is goading is goading Luke. Uh, during the during the sword fight, and he's just be screaming and beating the hell out of Vader. Yep. And Vader is feebly holding up one wrist. He's got the low. <laughs> he, see, Luke has the high ground. He <laughs> Vader cannot win. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're all really good. I also liked now. Uh, uh, I will. I, uh, here's here's why people. I I'm kind of mystified by a lot of opinions of um, uh, Leia in the slave leia bikini on java's sail barge because now i want you i want you to even i even want to make sure everybody has this context i was like 11 12 like clearly like in like the male heterosexual uh, puberty zone and even then seeing princess leia seeing in like this metal this objectively sexy metal bikini i did not think oh i'm gonna i get to see her in a bikini it was like oh man she is going to kick his ass he thinks he's just she's just this this you know oh she's just this woman this princess now that i've got no what a dumb i the last person you want to i just showing you how dumb jabba is I'm not only going to like do something that I think is humiliating her. I'm going to keep her like two feet away from me so that she doesn't have to find me in order to kill me because she's, she's definitely going to kill gonna... you. Yeah. She's going to. Oh, let me tie her up to me. Yeah. Around my neck. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that's why to this to this day, I, I know that 
a lot of modern audiences are one who like to a lot of nitpicky sort of audiences are like, well, what was what could their plan have possibly been? And even to, to this day, from the first time I've seen this movie, it's like they may have had a plan, but they had a backup plan. They knew that at some point <laughs> they had to look for they were going to find an opportunity to do this, this and this. And that's exactly what happened. That Leia was in control. Excuse me, not necessarily in control all times, but she, if she's just like laying against Jabba, looking like she's disgusted because she is disgusted, it's only because this is not the most opportune time to kill him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kill him at the most opportune moment where it will help the rest of this plan. And again, reiterating, 11, 12, 13 year old. <laughs> boy in puberty did not react and it's oh wow that's so sexy it's like oh she is gonna kick that guy. she is an ass kicker you do not from anyway so i just i just wanted to point that out that for when you have a really strongly written character like that if you never she is still the person that i saw that i saw uh <laughs> in a new hope Who's like, okay, clearly these two idiots do not have a plan. I have to take control of this because I am like a I am a wartime consigliere, even though I'm 17 years old. I have been raised for the purpose of raising an army and defeating the Empire. That's the person that I that I recognize. And her. that's why we will always mourn Carrie Fisher. Sorry, I took a really dark note on that no, one. No. I was just, I was just have. I should. I should. I should show you. I should show you a copy of this sometime. It's only. It's in the other room. I won't. I won't stop everything to go get it. Uh, there's an artist on. Uh, I follow on Instagram who, um, after Carrie Fisher passed away, she made this beautiful drawing of not Leia, but but uh, but Carrie Fisher, like sixty something years old, uh, dressed like uh, a religious madonna sort of mm -hmm. icon where she's got the crown she's got like the robe but there's like of course a, a rebel alliance symbols like in terms instead of the usual and she's and she's got her she's got her trademark glasses on and she's holding gary the gary the the, the bulldog and she's like smiling and like giving the finger to the observer and I, i've seen that that's uh yeah. i'm glad you have a print of that that's I a have, good one i <laughs> i it's doubly on my mind because uh it's it's been in a an, in like a flat file of images that i have and it's like I, i've it was like one of the first ones i pulled out last month when it was time to it's time to buy mm -hmm. frames it's time to buy mats so that's now it's in a vintage frame <laughs> that <laughs> not 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 like a walmart special it's in a nice 25 dollars yeah. vintage frame from an antique store it has a custom mat uh, as soon as the custom glass comes from the hardware store tomorrow, it will be on my wall in a place where I can look at it and her beatific face giving the benediction of, yeah, there, yes, there, <laughs> yes, there was there, there were illegal drugs in my system when I died. What of it? Like, all right, we don't judge you. If anything, anyway, life is hard. This episode of Material is brought to you commercial-free, well, except for this one, thanks to Pingdom, the company who make website performance monitoring really easy. Everyone loves a fast website, and Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online. Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, BuzzFeed, Slack. These are just a few companies who trust Pingdom to take care of their website monitoring. Websites can get pretty complicated, but you can monitor any site transaction with Pingdom. Stuff like user registrations, logins, checkouts, and much more. Pingdom care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. 
It's super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they'll take care of the rest. That's it. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use, use the code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. And let's get to our first topic. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was a so uh, Google held. Uh, do you can we call it a media event if there were le fewer than a thousand people in the audience and they didn't have to roll in like a custom immense Ovision projector screen for it? They held like a a, a simple media event on Monday in San Francisco uh, with the topic being the future of search because they were ro they're they're rolling out this week a whole bunch of enhancements to their search product. And they wanted to present it as a package. And a lot of this stuff is pretty cool from individual features to just what you will see now when you go to Google.com on a mobile device. It's like packaging a lot of the stuff like in Google News app and packaging a lot of stuff in like the mobile Google app. Uh, I'm... I've been refreshing <laughs> certain pages on my uh, on my Pixel phone to try to play with this stuff. So there are a bunch of things they uh, in the presentation they put things under specific categories so that the press would be able to live tweet them in the order in which Google Marketing hoped that we would be oh, live tweeting how it. Nice. But <laughs> okay, but the okay the, the the dull thing is that like you know how on uh, on your Google phones now you have you've got the you've got the Google feed which is the oh actually I didn't even know I was so interested in, interested in the fact that the new episode of the 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 Seymour premiere of Bob's Burgers is is this weekend but now I know because it knows I like Bob's Burger and decided to sift that from the news feed so that I see it that's nice so now they're rebranding that as discover oddly enough Google has decided to confuse us by taking a product that we already use and changing its name so we no longer know how to see it but now again just by typing the google.com you will just simply it'll just throw that on the screen for you to see to mm -hmm. figure that stuff out um stuff a uh, feature that I really, really dig because I use this a lot. If you, if there are searches that you perform really, really frequently, like um, let, 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 like let's say that I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, I was I was about to use a search example that would have been political in nature. Uh, let's just say Bob's Burgers. Like I'm, I'm yes. interested. I'm more interested in like the art direction of Bob's Burgers, and that's. Yeah. And I know, and I know that they're doing some cool stuff. But I don't know what's happening. So if it, it once if I've been searching for Bob's Burgers lots and lots and lots, it will assume you know he hasn't told us what where's what he wants us to search for. But let's just put in Bob's Burgers down here, and it will also uh, it'll be in a card, and it will also sh show you links that apparently were interesting enough to you that you actually visited them so those will all be collected and collated as opposed to being purple links that you have to write oh that's right i did i did check that out so we'll right. make it easy to if you if you've got this these topics that either you keep coming back to or maybe even something you're actually researching it kind of will help you to remember and organize and pick up where you left off in the search uh so that's uh, that's something that's that's very very much aligned with my interests it's the reason hopefully it will help me not to have to always Every time, every time I have to start doing a podcast, you take. I've got eighty open tabs and windows. I've got to go through all of them and either go to one tab to collapse them down, or maybe I'll just remember the stuff that I was interested in. I would enjoy that. 
I don't have any of this new stuff yet. So yeah. is it's, this, roll, it's supposed to roll out. Yeah. It's supposed to roll out this week. Okay. So maybe well, you'll see it as usual. Maybe you'll see it. Maybe you won't. It depends on how many, how much time you've, how many times you've done a Google search for the federal government should not uh, open antitrust hearings against Google. I'm, I'm if you if you keep doing that, I'm guessing you'll your name will surface up to the top. Uh, the uh, let's see. There's also um, now this <laughs> this is one where uh, they uh, Google Lens has gone from being a pixel only app to a feature in the camera app in pixel to a feature in the camera app of a lot of phones and now google lens will be part of image search so uh, if you're doing a google image search uh and you see oh i uh, if you're looking for uh give me show me pictures of uh late 19th century uh, uh salons in paris and then it shows you some pictures and you're like, wow, what kind of a chair is that? There will be a Google Lens button like underneath the picture. So you can click on the Google Lens button and then click on that chair and it will know, oh, he wants to know what kind of chair that is. Uh, now, of course, in the, in the examples they were giving during, during the event, they said, well, what if you what if you see that Beyonce has a new kind of watch and you can click on the on the watch in the picture and it will do a search and tell you not only what kind of watch it is, but where you can buy it. No, you will not be able to afford anything that Beyonce wears anywhere even if she wants even if she wants the 30 dollars swatch she will have it remade in like a titanium case and the plastic or buy them all yeah so you can't buy it (laughs) she will buy she will buy swatch and that will be it yeah but once but once again that that was that another one where the the times you have done like image searches and now i have to figure out oh that's that might be a good lead to what i want to find next they've also actually they also spent a lot of time talking about how um, they feel as though existing search algorithms and their existing search product wasn't aware of how many times people are looking for visual information if they're not even if they're not necessarily doing an image search. So it goes it goes all the way from now when you do like an image search. Uh, how many times have you done a search where it's like, oh here here is a 160 by 160 pixel thumbnail <laughs> related to the thing you were looking for and then when you shrug and click the link anyway you find that it's nowhere to be found because it must have been just like a, a a thumbnail of another article now it will also consider where is this a big picture or a small picture is it at the top of the page or tucked in in a sidebar so hopefully if you're looking for images it will surface just the stuff that will give you uh good results uh, but in addition to that, it'll be smarter at things like uh, it realizes that a lot. Oftentimes, people will type in like after after uh, an award show, like Jennifer Lopez's green dress. So it knows that it doesn't want to know about her, her interviews in which she talks about dresses, and also says, "Isn't it wonderful that things are so green here in the spring?" It was oh, they want pictures of that. Not only that, but um, the, a feature that is so much part of our lifestyle that i had to be reminded that it exists uh, <laughs> uh google stories they when uh, when they were trying to create this new uh a a amp standard like the right. mobile pages that have all kinds of smart content with the idea that like a, a news provider like the new york times could create this sort of like video audio picture package that would simply play out and and give you the story uh that's kind of cool but they have to be made by hand uh so a new feature is going to be that uh they're going to use the magic of artificial intelligence and machine learning mm-hmm. so that yes. when you do search no on like uh, jennifer lopez uh at the grammys last night 
it won't just simply look for video and look for pictures. It will build this sort of like 30 second or minute long, like clips package, like you're watching entertainment tonight, only without so much 1980s hairspray involved. Uh, so, and uh, just lots, lots of really cool things. Oh, the, the only, the, the other thing I wanted, the other thing I wanted to point out, cause this is interesting, very much in my interest, but I want to see how well it works. Now they're, inter they're also introducing collections with search. So once again, you've, I, you did the search and now you've got three or four or five pages worth of results of which four of them are useful to the thing you're looking for. And now you can have a collection of, you know, window treatments for, 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 for the living room. And every time you find something that is worth following up on, you add it to the collection you've called window treatments for the living room. So not only are you, is it going to organize your links for you, but as Google, uh, as Google search sees that, Oh, let's see, there are five links in this thing. What is the commonality between all of them? Some of them are like old pictures from like a, a stock image catalog. Some are catalog pages of, uh, of of curtains. Some are like swatches. Oh, I bet Andy is looking for like ways to decorate the the windows of his of his house. And so it will tr it will then have the ability to suggest other links given the context. And I'm I'm hoping and guessing that the more information, the more once you get like 18, 19, 20, 21 links in one of these collections it will i'm really hoping it'll start to get really really smart on you i'm doing uh, from time to time i've mentioned i don't i'm not i really try hard not to bore people uh, about this research project i've been on for like three or four years and so much of it is uh, i'm now at the process where i am like buying out of print books not even necessarily for the information I will find in the book, but hoping that when I see a footnote to something I already know, it will point me towards another book or a research paper that I've never heard of so I can find that information there. So I'm hoping that if I were to create a collection of this this weird part of history that I'm just I'm at the point where I'm looking I'm I'm going through grains of sand looking for the occasional fleck of gold flake to find it it would be great if once I put populate this with with 20 or 30 links oh you're looking for information uh, about this individual that is only mentioned of you don't you don't have like a name for her or find out what has happened what happened to her after 1895 except for a vague story that she married someone and moved to Brooklyn well if we collect these 30 these 30 links together we know that you're looking for Debbie Moskowitz and here's her current street address and she's yes and she is 131 years old so I'd get hopping on that use oh god sorry <laughs> but, sorry, but you, know, you know what I'm talking about if it's if yes. this is the, this is the sort of feature you, you would kind of be grateful to Google for if it says hi uh you didn't ask me to help you out on this baffling research project but we have really a lot of computers that spent a lot of time thinking about a lot of the web at once. Thinking and we were wondering if doing. you'd be interested in this one web page that happens to have an interview with somebody who died in 1943 who gives you all the information you've been looking for for the wow. past year and a half. So that's, that's pretty cool. There, there's other stuff too, but let's. I just wanted to focus on the stuff that I feel connected to personally. No, I think I think it was great. I really appreciate you rounding off uh, rounding up that whole uh, that whole event. I I kind of knew that it happened, but I didn't really dive into all the announcements that came out of it. And 
but I do know that all of these announcements are related very much to the central product of Google, <laughs> which is that it's a search engine. And as you were talking about the features and sort of explaining what they do and what their what purpose they're meant to serve, I just keep thinking about all the initiatives that Google has been uh, attempting to do with media and and just adding, giving tools to media to sort of, for us to be able to paste on videos that are easily accessible, no matter the device that you're from, to easily post graphs and captions and things of the sort without having it be interrupted because sometimes the internet just falls apart when you're searching on it. It's also just incredibly, it's just, it's just kind of crazy how Google has managed to control all of our ability to find things. I don't know if that yeah. is exactly what I want to say. No, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're you're absolutely right because uh, what 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 is what is the responsibility of a company when uh, their product becomes infrastructure? de facto it's I like mean, exactly that's exactly what i'm trying to say yes yeah. it's becoming an infrastructure now and it's something that we have to rely on like i'm just thinking about you and your research project and i'm thinking about all the other journalists out there who have done like the same thing bought old books went to the library to you know look through all the microfiche like all the research that you are trying to do and just thinking about how there's going to be this algorithm that will look at everything you've been doing. And it also kind of freaks me out in a as being a journalist because the idea that there is something looking over your shoulder at everything that you're doing. Like that's just I think because I'm thinking it like that, it's also kind of heady for me. Yeah. No, that's that's super that's also super dangerous because uh fortunately I live in a country where the individual with the greatest amount of power has labeled people in yours and my profession as enemies of the country however there is also the consensus that he's an idiot blowhard and i'm not going to be rounded up and jailed because i'm a journalist or even because i said on a pod podcast that our immaculate leader is an idiot blowhard however not every citizen of the world has that same sort of <laughs> same sort of positive relationship uh, with the uh, with the underlying laws of mm -hmm. their nation and there are i mean if if i if i were operating in turkey i would almost certainly be dead by now uh, even oh, even, if you were in Russia, you'd been dead the minute you thought about it. Yeah, sorry. And so that's and that's and that's why that's why there's a lot of concern about. We won't get. We we talked about that a lot last week, so we're not going to we we're did. not going to go into a, a long bit about it. But it's always worth mentioning that uh, a, a, something as powerful as Google, if you if you agree, if Google agrees to let a government keep track of what people are searching for. Oh my goodness! It was—it's so easy now to round up people, and also, oh, by the way, here's what here's what the front door of their house looks like. <laughs> here's, yes. here's routing you too. Dis <laughs> political, yeah. It's well, careful because remember now that we have doorbell cameras. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say just as just to add to this so that it's not all completely like why is this mass is annoying. 
I mean, obviously, I'm going to like 100% benefit from all of these features. And I already benefit a lot from the feed that exists on my Pixel phone. I was in a Twitter combo the other day uh, just mentioning the fact that I check this thing 100 times a day because it's got my perfect intersection of everything I care about. My cosmetics news, my, you know, celebrity gossip news, my Hollywood news. And then you got my tech news, my VR news, like what's going on with data privacy, like what's going on overseas in my parents' home country, like what's going on in my home country. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where, that's how the product is made to, I mean, we really rely on it. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. I mean, you have, I mean, uh, to use an analogy, it's like you you feel sympathetic, you, you feel sympathetic to Johnson & Johnson about saying, but everybody's calling a sterilized prepackaged band-aid for the uh, bandage for cuts band-aid, but that's our trademark. At some point you have to say, honey, I know you, you have every right to be mad, but now that's the generic word for any it's sort. It's like Kleenex. We're, we're not going to say <laughs> prepackaged, sterilized, small adhesive bandage. We're just going to say band-aid and you're, again, you have every right to be mad, but this is not something you're going so just like and just like that google <laughs> they i know you did not want to be you, you thought you you thought you're creating like a tool that people would use as part of their internet experience but unfortunately you did such a good job building that yeah. tool that it is essentially <laughs> the front door the lobby to the entire internet and yes. as such you have to keep the spies <laughs> <laughs> and the and 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 the huckster is like out of your lobby because <laughs> people will at, at best be exploited financially and at worst be exsanguinated in an alley <laughs> somewhere. Uh we're recording on Wednesday. The Senate Commerce Committee decided to hold a hearing on privacy in general and technology. Uh, and Apple was there, and Amazon was there, and Twitter, and two of the Everybody major characters. Everybody was at the party. There you go. There was Eric Schmidt there. Nope, uh, nope, nope. Uh, but uh, Google, Google was Google he was, was not there. there. They decided. Well, the chief they sent their chief privacy officer Keith Enright uh, along with, but the, he was. The, the point is that they decided that. Maybe we don't want to arbitrarily piss off these people who seem to be saying the word antitrust a lot when it comes to that. And we checked the transcript. They were not saying antipasto. They were not ordering lunch. It is the thing that they used, oh, that state attorney generals used a long time ago to take this big company called Microsoft and cause no end of trouble for them. Perhaps if they invite us to testify before a Senate committee, we should go there and friendly testify for them. Uh, but it's so... Uh, uh, it's, it is about uh, it's about privacy. Um, there is a from the uh, opening comments from Keith Enright again, Google's chief privacy officer. Quote: We acknowledge that we have made mistakes in the past, from which we have learned and improved our robust privacy program. This this wasn't as scary as the previous one, where they really uh, where the <laughs> where the house was uh, leg- was absolutely wanting to drag Facebook and Twitter and Google over the coals because of uh, how their systems were being used for election interference. This was just, we need to start talking about privacy. We need to start talking about uh, whether federal law we should now have a role in controlling privacy. And now, well, gosh, Apple and Amazon and Google, we're all competing with each other, have all are all 
speaking as one saying, yes, thank you, brave senators, because I we do feel that it's time for Congress to cut to create federal standards. And it's because I'm sure they have nothing but the interests of the users at heart. It's not because the state of California just passed a really, really, really strict set of privacy laws uh, affecting uh how their business, how their businesses would have to operate in terms of California citizens. Thanks, and Jerry that, Brown. Yes, and <laughs> this law takes effect in 2020, and they would very much like to, instead of having to deal with 50 different really, really tough laws, uh, they would much rather be able to lobby the federal government to say, "We've written some really handy dandy set of privacy laws for you." Uh, no, don't thank us. We were happy. Believe us, we were happy to write the laws that we will then <laughs> to advise you on the laws that we are then going to have to. So they're kind of united on this, but nonetheless, uh, it was. <laughs> there's no chance that anybody with a Google business card was going to appear in a room that has both a Congress people and b cameras in it and not be asked about certain things that they're that the voters are interested in. Uh, it was uh, uh, Keith was uh, also asked about Dragonfly. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, oh, time and time again about uh, Google's actually pointedly being asked after he's uh, pointed back to, hey, we we approved our privacy. We believe in privacy. And actual U.S. senators saying, yeah, but how is that going to affect your operations when you decide to have a, a government-influenced search engine uh, product that you're developing in China? And he kept parrying and saying, oh, well, we are not close to launching a search product in China over and over again, just like what Sundar Pichai was saying. Uh, mm -hmm. Eventually. Yeah, I mean, uh, eventually he conceded that uh, it was unlikely, and boy, if the, the legal implications of committing to the word unlikely, uh, unlikely that they'd launch such a product without including Google's standard privacy and security policies, which made me surprised they even said it because, number one, not that I'm an expert on how the Chinese government is controlling this, but how could they say... How could they impose Google's U.S.-style privacy and security policies without making exceptions for basically everything that China wants from Google to let them operate uh, <laughs> healthily in that country? And the word unlikely, again, he's under oath. So, boy, if, he d if it turns out that it's untrue, that uh, if, if it turns out they launch it with uh, all kinds of uh, privacy and security messes, but it was, in fact, likely that they were going to do that, and they could prove it in a court of law. Oh, boy, would he be in trouble. I'm being sarcastic. I woke up this morning, and this was like the first thing that I saw on my Twitter feed, which, by the way, I would tell everybody not to wake up and look at Twitter first thing in the morning. Getting back to Reddit, because I, I, I want you to know this, too. Uh, yes. One of the things that first turned me around on Reddit, the subreddit Baby Elephant GIFs. Oh, yes. There's just oh, nothing yes. but like 10 second, 20 second videos of baby elephants being freaking adorable. It's so true. Could, There's a lot so, of cute stuff on yeah, Reddit. Yeah. So the, the, when, when, my, uh, when my Google smart display wakes me up by automatically like finding a really good baby elephant GIF and playing it, that's when I'll know that I've, I have committed body and soul to Google. So I'm just saying I'm that gonna... will help you. As, as your first interaction with the outside world, you could do worse than uh, subreddit baby elephant GIFs. It's true, but if you told my yoga teacher that's what I was doing, uh, they'd point. be like, you are Unchill. not of sound mind. Uh, it's not very <laughs> chill, yes. So, but okay, so I woke up to this news and it was just 
I mean, I was immediately going off on it as I do, as I am known to do, because I'm a reactive person. That's <laughs> how I am. And people have known that watching me and listening to me on podcasts. I just react <laughs> to things. And then I think about them, which is where my journalism comes in. <laughs> but, you know, in this particular uh, instance, it just sounds like more. Uh, I do not like the fact that the companies would be the ones suggesting what needs to be in a privacy act that that's absolutely like we talk a lot about separation of church and state in the United <laughs> States of America. I, I realize from the outside in and inside, really, it doesn't seem like that, but I often feel it's a little bit like that with Silicon Valley and the government because I feel like Silicon Valley is this church. It's an institution and the people that are a part of it are very much on the same wavelength. Like I understand there's a lot of, yes, Silicon Valley is very, you know, liberally minded. We are very socially conscious, you know, that sort of thing. But on the flip side, these are still companies that exist in this little pocket and their goal is ultimately to make money in the end. And so we cannot have them set the precedent yeah. to protect us. Because much like Amazon is suggesting to its employees that any union speak is just <laughs> needs to just be called out, uh, we cannot have Google and everybody hand an AT&T too and like charter communications like, oh my God, when I, I mean, I know this isn't like fair, but when I hear these telecom names, I mean, immediately red lights go off for me because I've seen them just gobble up companies bit by bit and become to these giant behemoths. And I've been a customer of these behemoths and it's really not fun being their customer. Uh, I'm still having fun with Google though, being yeah. their customer, but I also need my stuff to be to be like, I'm giving them all this stuff for free. And I know that I'm getting stuff for free in return as well, but like, we need to just keep the transaction between us. Yeah. There doesn't need to be a third party. It's like how we were talking earlier about somebody looking over your shoulder while you're looking at microfiche. Right. Like that's weird. Um, the other thing, so I had actually jumped, I'd actually jumped around on the dock when we were initially starting out this topic, but you had included, Andy had included a piece here uh, about uh, Eric Schmidt answering a question at a private event hosted by a, a VC firm about whether to move uh, for countries and federations to impose their own rules on the internet, whether it will uh, lead to a dozen separate internets. And he specifically mentioned, I think the most likely scenario is not a splintering, but rather a bifur bifurcation into a Chinese-led internet and a non-Chinese internet led by America. That is crazy, but not I actually need to stop using crazy, by the way. It's not a good, it's not a good, it's not a good, uh, descriptor. Um, it is, uh, I can't think of a word. Andy, help me here. It's the source, Andy. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's weird that any individual country doesn't matter that their country's as big as China and the United States can essentially by by virtue of how their government decides to regulate the internet have the power to essentially create a flavor of the internet. Yeah. Um he was uh, Schmidt was talking about uh 
uh, how China ha- one of the reasons why they're talking about this is that uh, number one you uh, has uh, not that uh, we have the in the US have the gold standard of privacy and security <laughs> and freedom yes. but if, uh, uh, we, as as we've said at length it's it's not it's amazing compared to what's in China uh, so a you have just a huge country and a huge amount of the population to begin with. They also have, he, he actually mentioned the Belt and Road Initiative, which if you don't know about this yet, uh, it's a objectively, kind, it. yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's kind of a brilliant strategic uh, concept for them, which is basically they're saying that here's how we're going to develop our economic relationships with other countries uh in terms in terms of securing trade in terms of securing uh commerce in terms of uh having being able to have influence that other people can't other countries can't interfere with and so the idea being that no china is not going to get the united states to conform to its own internet laws but if they're be if they're doing business with like a a, a, a micronesian nation that doesn't have that doesn't have any laws of their own. They can say, "Oh, by the way, we're, we'll do business with you, uh, and we'll help you build out your internet uh, internet uh, service." But of course, you will use our standards. Which let me tell you how much you're gonna love how much control you'll have over your citizens. Now, I'm I'm talking to you, <sighs> you nut boy. You uh, one of my favorite party boys there in the Philippines. Okay, we <laughs> boy, do we like the cut of your jib. Uh, like to see wear a tie more often. Uh, we nice suits, but oh boy, what you're doing to people who even smell like they might disagree with you on some way. You are our kind of guy. Let us build you an internet. So the idea being that you could wind up with a distressing amount of the of of the population being not necessarily controlled by China, but being controlled by China, Chinese style internet and uh, having an implicit trust between. China's internet and these other countries and not having an implicit trust between people who have US style controls or even uh, European Union style controls. So that's what he's that's what he's talking about. And yeah, it I mean it is scary just the the idea that uh I'm still old enough to have been lectured by like 1970s Unix hippies about how like even having browser cookies uh, even that that having encryption was was wrong, man. Because if there there should be no secrets on the internet, anything you put on the internet should be available to everybody to see at any time without any logins or passwords or anything like that. Uh, and now you're and you have a but our internet is still based on the philosophy that I could essentially create the next Facebook right here, right now on this laptop by writing the right software and get, letting other people link to that. Uh, so I can essentially be my own nation. Uh, the idea that that kind of ends where there's going to be, <laughs> yes, you, yes, you can have your own version of the internet, but is it going to be available to people with U.S. style internet, or is it going to be available to people with Chinese style internet? So that's uh, he. His comments got a lot of press because it is actually something that a lot of people, including myself, hadn't really thought about. We like to th- we like to think about oh, well, that's China's problem and. Boy, we we really want to make sure that the Chinese that citizens of China are having not having as bad a time as they could possibly have. But the fact that they that uh, a really bad style of internet uh, uh, surveillance could become the norm in a lot more countries than just China uh, that's troubling. 
I think I need to start putting these these things into layman's terms for people because, you know, you and I obviously are on the pulse of this stuff. It is important for us to always know what's happening to and the And we companies. have the gray, uh, speaking for myself, I, I think we all have the gray hairs and crow's feet to, to, <laughs> to mention it and also a drinking problem. Well, I actually... I lied about the saw top my hair. I saw my hairstylist today, and she said, "Actually, I don't have any gray hair." So oh, there you I'm go. that. Sorry. <laughs> sorry Not Andy. anymore. That she was said. that was me. I'm sorry. just. I'm, I'm sorry. Joking. Sorry. Um, Bad joke. No. <laughs> it was anyway. right there. I had to go for it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, I. But okay. So I read all this stuff, and then I get angry about it. And so what I thought about this morning, after I I blew up a little bit on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I thought about it as I was getting ready for the day and I'm like, you know, what's really frustrating is that like, I don't know right now how to put this on Instagram so I could get everybody to look at it and think it's just as important as how I feel it is right now. Cause on the inside, I'm, I'm having a visceral reaction. Uh, also because I am that person. Like I just, I've always been very like tuned in to what's going on in the world, uh, either in Hollywood or in, you know. Uh, DC, because I think it's a very important thing for me as a citizen of the world to know what is going on around me. That's why I became a journalist. But a lot of people do not ascribe to this way of life. And I understand that part of it is because uh, it's it can be really heady. Like, I mean, you know, we get into these topics and they really they really snowball. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, sentiments yeah. related to them, but we have to be talking about this in a way that can be in Laban's terms. And I right now am trying to rack my brain about how to have those conversations with people in a way that's natural, and in a way that informs them so that they want to know more, because. People should know that this is what is being done with their data. I mean, I'm thinking about, I watched, uh, I don't know if you watched John Oliver, uh, Andy, but the segment he had on last week tonight, this uh, last weekend, was about Facebook and how it's fueling uh, genocide in uh, Myanmar. And I, when you, we talk about this split idea of the internet, like an American and a Chinese style internet, like we are talking about exactly what Andy was mentioning, which is a government that can take an internet and use it to control its population. And I know we keep saying that that stuff is not going to happen again and like blah, blah, blah. History doesn't repeat itself, but it has been repeating itself. We just have been living, some of us have been living in a bubble and not realizing it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on around the world and with the internet getting as big as it's become it's no longer just this like hacker's paradise like oh it's free everybody come on and meet each other it's not america online people we've graduated past aol it is full-on like it is a swamp yeah <laughs> this is a giant swamp yeah. and we need to be careful when we take our airboats yeah well, <laughs> just to I... continue that metaphor <laughs> so something something that i uh keep reminding myself of is that um the f- like uh, in our country, the First Amendment is not something that was given us by God. It's because yes. of co- it's because of two or three hundred years ago, some people decided it was a really important thing, so we should have that thing. We should have uh, it make it really, really difficult for someone to be hassled for what they're saying. Uh, just like in, and we think it's it seems insane 
that libel laws in other countries can be used to say, well, we don't want you complaining about our company, and so therefore mm-hmm. we're going to sue you. Just it doesn't matter that you that it was something important. It was you accused us of something that was true. We just want to beat you down because you don't have any, any you don't have a a constitutional sort of thing that's protecting you. Just like uh, in the UK, uh, the idea of having universal health care was not a God-given thing. At some mm-hmm. point in the lifetimes of the people who were being uh, being helped uh, by the National Health Service, everyone decided it was a good idea and this thing happened. And now it seems insane that in the United States, you can have a healthy, you can have a baby and now you can't feed the baby because you can't afford the. Uh, you were uninsured and you can't. Uh, you couldn't afford. It costs a lot of money to, to have a baby, by the way. Exactly. It costs. It costs a lot of. It costs a lot of money. Costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to break a leg to, to cross the street when you have the walk signal, but not stopping and making sure that you don't have someone who thinks that they're fi- they're going to be eighteen seconds late for their job if they stop for this yellow light or stop for this red light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it seems insane. So this is this is what I keep thinking about that when it comes to a moment where we're going to define things like personal privacy, things like do we have the right to encrypt stuff that's on our devices without there being any kind of backdoor and we can use any kind of technology we want to do that. Do we have the right to keep a secret from the government 200 years from now? Uh, Someone, uh, people like us could be having conversations in a venue kind of like this saying, also pontificating about, you know, the fact that there is a, there is the the, the 38th amendment saying that there, that the power of the individual to secure their own information shall not be abridged by state or federal law. Again, back in the, back in the, in the, in the the two early 2000s, they had to decide that was a good idea. And so this is the sort of stuff that we're talking about right now. Should companies be held to a higher standard because of the power that they uh, that they wield? Uh, and again, do we have the right to privacy uh, inside our own borders and outside our own borders? So this is why it's a really good th- – it's a good thing for us to be aware of and a good thing for us to fight about because we're setting the precedent that we might be praising 100 years from now and 200 years from now. Or we could be the country saying – why is I can't I was in the United States and uh, I had to buy like a loaner phone because it's illegal to I had encrypted data and it's illegal to to enter in the United States with this software that encrypts data in such a way the United States government can't decrypt it. What is that all about? By the way, I learned that Romania is an unsecured data country. <laughs> sorry, just that's how I ended that one. Uh, they don't even—they don't just, even like high ASCII. They—they they, you know no emojis for them. They want no. I just I learned I just learned that that I learned anyway. Uh, <laughs> just thinking about that as you were saying, that. Uh, I never thought that would be it. So this is going to continue, and we'll keep talking about it, and we'll keep you know, and I will think about it. I will think about, you know, I'm seeing my best friend this weekend. Maybe I should try to talk to her about her data. My dear friend who I've known for nearly 30 years of my life. Would Let's talk about what is being done with your data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, tradition, we're, we're uh, in the United States here. We're getting cl- we're close now to uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, which is also the traditional holiday yeah. in which like the nerds of the family – check mom and dad's wi-fi router to make sure it's secured properly and and it does <sighs> wanna, hey well while well everyone else is like napping in front of the football game why don't i just run run an old malware and virus scan on mom and dad's laptops uh this is also going to be the time where we're gonna say hey i installed a really cool web browser it's called tor 
Tor browser. Now you're going to notice no ads. <laughs> you're also going to notice that if you look for if you look for uh, tickets to Hamilton, you will not be reminded every time you visit the internet that you were interested. You can't in afford them. Yeah, oh, well, that's, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. I think this year I'm probably going to have to be put to build a smart home. <laughs> that's gonna be my oh i'm getting so many questions about it it's just like my mother it's constantly like so do you have like you know like like what do you have like what do you want to you know if you want to use my house to test your stuff like you know i i could use a motion set i would love a security (laughs) system do you have a robot vacuum Anyway, yeah, it's you know, it's, this, this, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we can end on something frivolous and upbeat. But I, I'm in I'm in the same boat just with my own house because I finally have figured out how I can again. It's an old old place, beautiful building, but old old like leaky windows, and so I finally figured out the best way to like weather seal them without having to like take apart the window or screw anything in there. And basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to for each window i'm going to build like a cork, a cork. i'm going to build like a double paned mm-hmm. uh, window that i can simply it's going to be a tight tight fit against all the woodwork inside there so we'll just essentially cork all of them uh and uh, be be very very tight but at the same but it's gone out of hand because i'm like but that means i pro- because of the way that this is going to be set up i probably won't be able to like string lights in the windows like i did last year when i was only here for about a month so now i'm thinking that Okay, well, what if we got actually? Let's turn this into a positive. I could actually buy strip lighting and like build into this window like a geometric pattern of lights. So, okay, but do I do I want to spend the money on like hue lights that could be controlled, or am I just going to get like that reel of light? And so now it's like the simple idea where I can just get some very very simple strips of like one by two lumber and. <laughs> and some sheets of plastic now it becomes what now do i want this to be controlled via samsung technology or do i want to put a, a wemo module on each one of those this is how it starts so uh this, the answer this is, is why... it's, it's going to be just as cold this season as because i'm never going to get around to it no yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll check in with you in january <laughs> <laughs> see how many layers i'm wearing <laughs> when we're recording in december yeah. Uh, oh boy. Well, everyone, thank you for thank you for being here today yes. and uh, for listening to me and Andy talk <laughs> about things. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're here every week on the Relay FM network. Uh, that is our that is our podcast family. You can come visit us on the Relay FM network at relay.fm backslash material, where you can find all episode show notes. Links to um, things we were talking about. Links to things. More links. Oh, and you know, becoming a member. Because when you become a member, you get access to cool things like bonus episodes. Remember, just minutes ago, we were talking about how we're going to be, on every visit to family, we're going to be bringing in, like, smart home connectors and smart home hubs. And they're probably going to want to know about, like, mesh Wi-Fi networks as well. So... And they're probably not. They're probably thinking that, oh well, Andy's a journalist. He never has to. Just people send him things all the time. We don't need to pay him back. So, but I, I actually spent two hundred eighty dollars for this thing for you, and I was hoping you'd. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. I was gonna. Oh, why, <laughs> hi, uh, why, why don't we consider the, your 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 Christmas present? Okay, from that look, I'm seeing that this is just oh, going to be something I I'm giving you. I hate it when they do that. <laughs> I just, hate it. Okay, I'll be giving you a Christmas <sighs> present that has nothing to do with this mesh network I just set up. You know so, what? I've yes, done that you're... a couple times too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did. 
I again, we're 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 running late, so I will I will not start the next round of poor journalist poor journalist story. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I've I've had friends and family who had to be reminded that n- no, the un- I would not have <laughs> I would not be free to like let you have this <laughs> if it were a loan or this is actually something that I myself bought uh, and it's something that I recently replaced, but I was expecting it back. So I wonder if you could call the friend of yours who had the son who was going to college and see if he's sold it for pot money yet and get me that computer back because I need my Plex server back again. (laughs) Wow. So everybody help Andy get a Plex server. (laughs) Technically, well, technically speaking, indirectly, you will be helping a friend of mine's son contribute to his marijuana pills or... (laughs) Or I don't know if he's into injecting the marijuana. All right. It is time to end. This is the Material <laughs> Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We will be here again next week with more information and opinions <laughs> of ours. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 